What's love? <laughs> love is all-inclusive. In your heart, it's all in, your light and your shadow, their light and their shadow. It's this place where self-acceptance has room to grow. Shall we go there together? I'm Danielle Laporte, and this is With Love, Danielle. Hello, my loves. Want to talk about my favorite topic ever in the history of all of my lifetimes? Love. More specifically, divine love. All right, so why use the term divine love? Let's start there. Because pretty much every love song ever has given us a really distorted impression, definition of what love really is. Most love songs are about what love really isn't. So we're just going to take our energy up infinite notches right now, open our minds up to the love that always exists within us, that we are made by, made from, made because of, made for, that we are actually, when we move all of the illusions of separateness and smallness out of the way, what do we get? Oh, hi, I'm love, and so are you. Towards the end of this, I'm going to talk about what it really means to say, I love you. And on that note, I have a love note for you about love. If you head to daniellelaporte.com slash love notes, you will see this growing list of prayer cards and mini posters and reminders, all touchstones from how to be loving. And we've created a sweet little printable about what it means to say, I love you. Let's really amp this up. I think what we should do is a dedication of merit to really just like, let's get all lubed up in a cosmic kind of way. All right. So if you're in a place where you can close your eyes, we do that. Breathe into your heart center, your heart chakra. And ideally your breathing is natural. So you're inhaling and exhaling through your nose. Keep your mouth closed. You become aware of that warmth warm, friendly luminosity that is your heart center, your heart chakra. It's got that golden quality to it. And then we're going to dedicate all the expansion, the awareness, the gentleness that comes as a result of being in this space together, of even just hearing the word, the term, the energy, divine love. So all the growth that comes from that, we're going to offer that up to everybody's sweetness. You can repeat out loud after me, or you can do this silently inside to yourself, or you can just come along for the ride. We dedicate the merits of this practice, of this listening, of this togetherness, to the awakening of all beings and the purification of the greater mother, our planet Gaia. So be it, and so it is. Divine love. Divine love is the ultimate inclusiveness. So just really breathe in, feel in these terms, these words, all-encompassing. Hmm? enveloping, embracing. So in the space of love, the true reality that is divine love, nothing gets banished. 
Nothing is ever condemned. Nothing is over-criticized. Nothing is relegated to the badlands. Nothing ever, ever gets abandoned by divine love. How can creation abandon what it has created? Love creates everything. When we wake up to that, everything is in. Even the ugly, even the chaos, even the stuff we've wanted to banish. We see that it came from source, that is love itself. So we see the light in the ugliness. And then the ugly becomes beautiful. Yeah? That's the move. That's the power move. That's what it is to be conscious. To see that love is the stuff in everything. And then the transformation happens. Things return to their original state. To just that juicy vibe of creating and expanding, creating and expanding. That's love. That's the fabric. That's the pulse. That's the breath being breathed. So everything is all in. So just be with this reality, expansiveness. That's the energy of love. Inclusiveness. Everything in. All of your light, all of your brilliance, loved and celebrated. And all of your shadow, loved, honored, respected, has its place. Divine love is infinite. Infinite, eternal, impeccable, always generating always creating, always welcoming, vast. That's why the metaphor of the sky is used so often in the Buddhist perspective. Because the mind can wrap itself around the concept of the sky being vast and endless. Now imagine that you are that. That's your true nature. That's how big you are. You are infinite. You can take it. You can see it. You can create it. You have space for it. You can go with it. You can accommodate it. You can see it on the horizon. You're that big. That many perspectives. An endless amount of talents, of strengths, of morsels, of genius. You are vast. Everything you experience is in. Your genius is in. Your restrictiveness, it's in. And guess what? In that space, you also have room for everybody else's stuff. Love is inclusiveness. Everything belongs. It's all family. So everybody else's light is in. Imagine revering everybody else's gifts and genius and talents and beauty. Everybody's. And then imagine having space for everybody else's foibles and curses and sins and shortcomings. Your light, their light. Your darkness, their darkness. All of it. Okay, so you feeling it? It's not even a feeling, actually. I should start with that. (laughs) Love is not an emotion. Love is not a feeling. Emotions and feelings 
come from the emotional body, the lower chakras, from the subconscious, from your unconscious self. They come from the shadow self. Do we honor them? Absolutely. Feelings and emotions are like a global positioning system that our being gives us to tell us how to heal, to tell us to open more here or get more focus there. Happy, great, move in this direction. Sad, great, move in this direction. But divine love is the mother of all virtues. It's the radiance of creation itself. Divine love is who you are when you are in your higher self. Divine love is who you are when you are accommodating your little lower ego self. When we are being, and this is such an important word, when we are being our essential self, we are naturally, without any effort, we are radiating love outward. We just emanate. This is the real glow of being alive. So we radiate outward, and that love includes our parents and our family. It includes our communities. And it also includes their judgments and their prejudices. Our love also envelops all of the hurt that we may have been caused. So everything sits under that sun, that solar power of divine love. Imagine yourself as this great sphere of golden, radiant, warm light with rays extending in all directions. That's the real you, by the way. And extending love in all directions means you've got space for all of it. You've got time. You've got patience. Here's one ray coming out of you, and that's the ray of compassion. And here's another ray shining forth from your heart center, and that's forgiveness. You got all the light you need to give someone a break. Second chance, benefit of the doubt. You've got all the shine you need to bring all the stuff up from the basement of your psyche and love all that crunchy, dusty stuff. And at the same time, see that you are a beloved of the universe. So let's imagine us shining in the world in concentric circles. So we're loving on ourselves. We're loving on our immediate family and the people that we work with and for. We're loving our communities. We're loving our close societies and cultures. And then we want to extend even further. So we root deeper into our knowing of our true nature that we are from the stuff that's created everything. I mean, how does it get bigger? How does it get sweeter? Two forces, the divine feminine, the divine masculine energy, they come together because they just want to shine. They are equal in their aliveness. They merge and they create baby souls. Hey, that's you. Welcome to the world. You realizing that you are this micro soul of the great soul of life is going to change how you walk through the world. So we move our love out. We're loving on everybody that's accessible to us. Push it out even further. And we extend our love to the people that we don't know, the people that we don't understand, the people we don't agree with. We extend our truth of existence out even further to the people who have done awful things. 
they stand under our light. We don't retract our light from anything, anyone. To withhold love creates this backup, this toxicity, more shadow. We restrain our light. We create more darkness within our own psyche. We see less of who we are. When we withhold love, we become less accessible to ourselves. We become less intimate with life force. We extend our love to the awful things and the people who enacted those awful things. We extend our love to all the glorious things that other humans have done, all sentient life, animals, plants, Mother Nature, loving it all. Everything is in. Divine love is all-inclusive. This is Christ consciousness. This is the same level of vibration that the Buddha and Lao Tzu and so many other great avatars and sages have vibrated at. Divine love, all-inclusive. Let's go even further. If your eyes are still closed, I forgot to tell you, you can open your eyes and go for a walk with me. If your eyes are still closed and you're meditating on that warm, friendly, luminous space called your heart center, you can just keep going with your eyes closed. We can turn this into a whole contemplative exercise. You see yourself emanating love even further. Where else can it go? You've covered your family. You've covered your own neuroses and obsessiveness. You've covered that guy at work who drives you crazy, all the people who voted differently than you did, the people on different courts, supreme and not so supreme, who have done things in favor of how you want to live your life and against how you want to live your life. You're loving them all. You're loving the plants. You're loving the animals. You're loving the day. What else is there to love? Go even further. Love for the mineral kingdom. Go even further. You love things that you haven't even conceived of yet. Love all of the possibilities you can't even imagine. Love what you can imagine. Love your desires. Love your aspirations. Push it out even further. Can you include the mystery in your lovingness? Of course you can. You, your being, your heart is as vast as the sky. If you can conceive of that vastness, you can conceive of loving what you don't even know is in the universe. Imagine walking through life and you pour love onto everything that crosses your mind. You pour loving kindness, acceptance onto everything that comes into your view. You see it, you love it, you're saying, I see you. You're accepting it as it is. There's no desire, there's no hook of manipulation in that moment. Maybe you can only hold that divine love for a nanosecond. But for that nanosecond, there's no um, push to want anything or anyone to be different. It's ugly, here it is. It's painful, it's powerful, it's joy, it's ecstasy, it's communion, it's friendship, it's poverty, it's abundance, it's striving, it's rest, it's relaxation. Just there it is, as it is. You're just with it. You're making love with what is by just letting it be in your space without judgment, without any suggestion for it to be any different than it is. 
Again, maybe just a nanosecond. Maybe just an afternoon with a friend. And there's no nudging for a shift. There's no personal development steps offered. There's just holding space for what is. Because you can do it. Because you are love. The shortcut to love is to see everything as a part of ourselves. You want to be in that consciousness of divine love. You want to get love right, and I know you do. I know it's a prayer for all of us to be love. See what's in front of you as an extension of you. You're just kind of swimming in that oneness awareness. We're less likely to judge. We're less likely to impose opinions to fly off the handle. When we remember, we're related. And then we move into that awareness that to give is to receive. And that it is in everybody's best interest, and that includes ourselves, to wish the best for all. You know, I've often put myself in this position where I knew like the highest move was to wish my best for my enemy and didn't always want to do that, you know. But then I realized that obviously, you know, to give is to receive. I want the best for myself, for my life, for the people in my life that are so easy to love. And then, and this is definitely some shadow and some ego coming in, but I also realize that like to wish the best for somebody isn't going to help them necessarily circumnavigate all the pain and suffering they're going to have to go through to evolve. <laughs> so it's like, that sounds a little bit wicked, but it's like, I wish the best for you. I wish you wellness, truly, truly, truly. And from what I know from experience, getting to wellness and stability and goodness, it's a bit of a trip. You're going to have to make some sacrifices and look at the dark stuff. So good luck with that. Now, mercy, one of the highest forms of love, mercy, is when you wish that someone can take the shortcut. So I wish the best for my enemies, and I hope their learning curve is not as steep and sharp as mine is. I hope that they can circumnavigate the pain of growth. It's possible. Miracles and quantum leaps happen all the time. Can you wish even your enemies an easier path than you ever had? That's divine love. So an obvious question in this space of like, what is love is, do I have to love myself completely and fully to love you completely and fully? And you know, I've never been down with that theory, <laughs> that you have to love yourself first in order to love somebody else. Would it be highly ideal? Totally. Is it super efficient if you are aware of your divine nature so you can treat other people like they are children of God and the divine? Yes, that is a jump cut to the front of the line. But since we're all one, what does it matter? Who gets love first, whether it's you loving you or if it's you and your depths of insecurity figuring out how to be the best of yourself and love somebody else the way they need to be loved? Right, so 
my experiences, I've seen people who have been in the worst place. They've been in states of self-loathing. And I know that they have been able to feel compassion for somebody else. Compassion is one of those rays of divine love. Like compassion is the offspring of love itself. And it can be that very experience where someone is really at the bottom of their own barrel in terms of self-esteem. And the love that's eternally within them, the warmth that's always there, gets stirred by somebody else. Somebody else awakens their love. This is why we do relationship. (laughs) This is it. And the person who's feeling all, you know, crunchy and constricted can feel sympathy for somebody else. And that extension of love, natural outpouring, has its effect on the person who's crunchy. Love being awakened by someone outside of you allows you to be awake to who you really are. If you are gentle with somebody else, you are going to learn how to be more gentle with yourself. We all know this to be true. Even in our despair, when we muster compassion or loving kindness for somebody else, we expand in that moment. Giving love dissolves our own ignorance every time. Giving love reminds us of who we truly are. Here's a beautiful teaching on fearlessness from the Dalai Lama. He says, The more you are motivated by love, the more fearless and free your actions will be. Naturally, divine love, love is fearless. I think love is in contrast to fear. This is where you get into the conversation of triplicities, right? It's like, fear is the opposite of love, but love is in everything. It's love that creates all. So how I think of it is, fear is just a misidentification. Fear is the part of ourselves that has forgotten our true nature. Fear is really just forgetfulness of the divine. So when you're scared, actually more specifically, when you are judging yourself for being frightened, fearful, scared, all you need to say to yourself is, oh, you know what? I just forgot for a minute who I was. I forgot I'm love. I forgot I was vast. Forgot I was vast for that moment and I freaked out. But now I just remember I am unlimited. I come from the soul of the universe. So when you remember that, there's not too much to be afraid of. Life itself is on your side. You are life itself. When you are walking through the world knowing that you are love, that fearlessness is going to allow you to greet everything, people and experiences, with inclusiveness, with curiosity. I know who I am, so I can venture out into considering your opinion. I know I am divine, so I can like stretch a little and just think about 
where you've come from and make some space for how you see the world. Inclusiveness, all in, everybody. This is how Jesus loved everyone, everywhere, no matter what. One of the most glowing characteristics of the being of Jesus the Christ was that his love in action extended beyond what most people considered acceptable. His love went to the marginalized, went to the villainized, embraced them, saw the light in them, and thereby transformed them. The miracle of love, finding the beauty in everything, realizing we all come from the same source. Boom. Transformation. Boom, boom. Divine love. You probably know by now the root of the word courage is cœur, which is French, French word for heart. And when we're in the courage of our hearts, when we're centered in that heart chakra consciousness, then we're not that interested in popularity contests. We realize that political games do not serve us. They do not protect all beings. They just help out some beings. So a courageous heart is always extending. You want to expand your consciousness? Have compassion for the cruelest among us. Want to raise your vibration? You love what you thought was unlovable. You can do this. This is just intention. This is an aspiration to be love. You just point your loving consciousness in that direction and you look for reasons to love. It may be difficult to find the reasons to love. Just intend it and spirit will come along and support you. Say, look, look over there. He's got that great quality. Look in that ugliness. You see though that glimmer is shining through in that alley. Look at that treasure in that heap. Here, I'll help you find the beauty. The universe is designed to support you to realize who you are, which is another way of saying life is set up to help you learn how to be loving. Would it be really tacky right now to let you know that that's the title of my new book and you can pre-order it? Let's go back to the courageous heart. I can think of so many examples in my life where I didn't have the courage to give. It's the simple stuff of living in a city where I wanted to drop some money in the guy's hat, the guy in the corner who was begging for enough money to get some food that day, and I felt embarrassed on his behalf, or I felt some judgment, or my own shadow self came in and told me all the reasons to not give because they're going to go buy some drugs with the money. I got over that. If you need to be asking for some money, and you're going to use my five bucks to go buy some smack that night, I'm okay with that because you probably need the high. Do I want you to stay addicted? Of course, it's not about that. But who knows? I could have that moment where I make some eye contact, where just the presence of my being, when I'm in a good moment realizing that I am love itself and my little ball of light that I am interacts with the little ball of light of the guy, the woman, the person on the corner, and it could be a healing moment just as I drop in 
the one buck, the two bucks, whatever it is in that moment. So I no longer lay my judgment on how my giving is going to be expended by somebody else. It just needs to be given. Love just wants to love for the sake of love. I went to a Catholic elementary school. I went to a Catholic high school. So much preaching about the meek that shall inherit the earth and all the commandments, etc. Hypocritical, etc. Often. I mean, of course, there was lots of love embodied, etc. But so much hypocrisy. And in grade school, there were two brothers who were orphans. Let's call them Johnny and Jack. And they were what most people would classify as problem children. Lots of speaking out, really hyperactive. Even then, with my little mind, I knew like something was not going right at home. I didn't have the vocabulary for it, but I just thought, their original mommy and daddy didn't love them enough and gave them away, and now they got some problems. And I actually don't know their original story, but the kids were out of hand. And we had a school principal who was a cruel guy. And he used to speak so mean-spiritedly to these boys. And of course, it was doing these kids no favors whatsoever. It was just damage upon damage. And I remember feeling this inner shame every time I didn't say, listen, Mr. What are you doing? You mean guy, you need to shut up and love these boys. Didn't have the courage, didn't have the vocabulary, until one day, Mr. Principal so-and-so took out a strap. How do I explain a strap? Some of us from this generation and that culture know. It wasn't just that the mean parent or authority figure was going to like take off their belt and beat somebody. There were actual leather straps, about 12 to 16 inches long, that were manufactured. I don't know what sick place you ordered these from. I'm sure it was some crotchety Catholic nun who fulfilled these orders, but a lot of schools had these straps. And you knew if you were bad, you were going to get the strap. And one day, Mr. Nasty Principal, I really want to just call him awful things, but I think you're getting Mr. Awful. Mr. Awful behavior, because as a human, he had behaviors. I'm sure there was lots of love in there. And who knows, he could have been an incredible father. This is the dichotomy so often, right? He strapped one of the boys, strapped Johnny, in front of the whole class. It was so extreme in its cruelty. My heart was so crushed. The crushing of my heart opened me up to my heart, and I was able to access the courage. That's what suffering does. Suffering opens us up to the love that we are. And I didn't have the strength to stand up at that moment, but I did get it together that night and go home to my mother and request that she talk to the principal, explain the situation. She went in that following week because my mother is badass in this way and let him know in no uncertain terms that what he did to that child was absolutely unacceptable. That's holy anger. 
That's rage on behalf of the marginalized, the meek, the disadvantaged. Anyway, how this story ends is Mr. Awful Principal cornered me in the hallway uh, shortly thereafter and in the most spiteful way bent down and put his finger in front of my face and said, I know you talked to your mommy. Thanks. And I'm sure that my angels were guiding my thoughts because I made this really brilliant choice in that moment that I will never be silent again. And of course, I have vacillated and I haven't always been able to access the courage of my heart, but I knew I had some effect on him. I know that my mother going to him actually had him see what he did, and he would think twice before he ever pulled out a strap with a child again. Anyway, I hope that story is useful. That's the first time I've ever told that story publicly. I haven't even thought of that in years, but the point I'm trying to make is that when you come from the center of your heart on behalf of all beings, you will have the courage to bring the meek and the disadvantaged to the front of the line. And when you do that, you're going to be so expanded by that divine love that's been embodied, you're actually going to be able to generate love for the cruelest among us. It's a, it's a beautiful kind of one-two punch of divinity, of virtue. You love those that need to be loved. You stand and you speak the vision of what love is, of what justice is, and you will vibrate at a high enough level that you will be able to have compassion for the perpetrators. And you will be able to vote and act, embody, suggest, guide justice in a compassionate way. Because justice without compassion does not move humanity forward. It keeps us stuck in the mire of fear and hate. When we get triggered by someone's behavior and then condemn them, that's our shadow self. So the call is, can you stay open-minded, open-hearted enough that even though you so want to contract and lay judgment down, you just breathe? That's the power move in all those moments, in the middle of court proceedings, in the middle of divorce, in the middle of a traffic jam. Can you be so warrior, so deity, so badass with love that you just breathe into your heart? You put your attention on the life force that comes from the highest consciousness part of your being. You see how brilliant that move is? You don't let your mind collapse into overthinking and blame when you just breathe into your heart. That's the platinum practice. And it goes like this. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. And still, and still, I love. I feel so offended. And still, I'm going to send you love. I'm heartbroken. 
And still I love. I am unbreakable because of divine love. So what does it mean to say I love you? I want to get into that. I have what I think is a really beautiful description. Before we go into that, commonly used phrase, I love you, I love you, I love you. If you would love some love for me every Sunday in audio form, just think like 90-second little micro sermons, some sonic divine love, I have got that for you. Loving reminders every Sunday for a year when you order my How to Be Loving book. So you head to daniellaport.com slash how to be loving, and I've got all sorts of treats and love for you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. What does it mean? What does that mean? What does that phrase mean? Overused, misused, so grossly misunderstood, tossed around, meaningless, deeply meaningful, profoundly profound. If we are actually made of divine love, which we are, then what does it mean to say, I love you? When in the heart center, in the truth of our original self, there's no separate I. There's no you and me. There's just us-ness, right? There's no personality self in the being of love. There's no separation. So I don't break myself into belonging and not belonging, past and present, little ego me that has a job and an identity, and vast me that is a beloved of the divine. It just all is. I am the great self, the higher self. So that means that there's no little self that's doing the loving. There's no personality who is behaving in a particular way. There's just isness. There's just me pulsing with light. There's no who doing the loving. There's just limitless love that holds us all together. So what's it mean when I say, I love you? Because there's no I and there's no you. There's just us being love. This is what I think it means. I think what we mean when we truly say, I love you, to another being, is this. We are really saying, I am love, gazing upon you. So just imagine now, your child, your significant other, the people you love the most in the world, past, future, alive. standing in front of them, your heart warm, friendly, luminous, looking deeply into their eyes. You're in your fullness. You are in your radiance. The virtue of your being shining in all directions. You are love being love with this other energy called a person in front of you. I am love gazing upon you. All barriers come down in that moment. It's as if 
our heart is like this searchlight and it's flashing on whatever is in our midst, uh, whatever is in front of us, the guy on the corner, the person we work with, the dog that we come home to, the tree that we can hug on our forest walk. We are that energy source being aware of what's in front of us. So whatever comes in our midst gets love. Oh, hi. I'm love. I'm shining on you. And because I'm love, I can see your fullness. Because I am love, I recognize our oneness. P.S. We all come from the same source. Because I know that I am love, I am holding all levels and layers of this experience. I am love gazing upon you. I'm not judgment. I'm not division. I'm not criticism. I'm not seven steps on how you can be better. I'm not a methodology. I'm not a religion. I'm not a paradigm gazing upon you. I am love looking at you. You can be what you are, as is, whole, beautiful, original, unique, powerful, part of me, because I am love gazing upon you. Love sees love everywhere it looks. I love you. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.